Hey friend, welcome back to the Street Cred Podcast, where we take a look at the business side of the streetwear fashion industry. I'm your host, Elijah Delport, streetwear fashion videographer and director of Wink Films. And today, I'd like to speak just one-on-one, you and I, a little bit about creating shareable content. Now, we all know the importance of shareable content, but I'd like to go a bit deeper into that in a second. But in a day and in society that's so very invested in social media, uh, it's so it's so important to create shareable content because a share a share on your content is is far more important as you know than likes than comments and and I would even argue than saves and so um, yeah this is what we're going to speak about today so I've got a quote for you from quit from Chris Doe people buy things from those they know like and trust have you asked yourself the question, who do your customers know, like, and trust more than anyone? Now, I think the answer to that is their friends. Who do your mates, dads, dogs, brothers, grandma know, like, and trust more than anyone? It's their friends. Who do you know, like, and trust more than anyone? It's your friends. Let me let me tell you a story. The other day, I did a podcast with something wonderful, Dean from Something Wonderful, and he was so kind as to send me some clothes. Um, and so they came in the mail, and that were just fantastic, best quality. And I thought I'd just post a bit of a thank you on my story. Um, I had a picture of the clothes there, and just thank you at Something Wonderful. And a friend of mine replied to say. These are so cool, I'm literally going to buy some. And I thought, wow, this is great because, um, you know, I I get some great clothes um, and my friend maybe gets some great clothes and also something wonderful gets some business. They, they were so, you know, they were on the podcast, as you know, for those who have listened to that episode. And I'm really glad that I could, you know, be a... Um, sort of a middleman for that interaction and but this got me thinking what made my friend want to buy the clothes and 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 this is what made me think because I because I know that and and you know that people buy things from those they know like and trust and so I thought well they must know like and trust me and it's because I'm their friend, of course. And so this really got me thinking, the most valuable audience is not your customers, but the audience of your customers. I am an audience of something wonderful. So something wonderful's customers is myself. And then the audience of something wonderful's customers is my friend. So you see the line where you have something wonderful, myself, and then the friend. And that is the most valuable audience, I would argue. So this is why shareable content is so important. Because because I shared it, then a friend of mine took that recommendation on 
and they trusted my recommendation. They trust my buying decisions. They see in the past that I've bought things and, and they trust that. And therefore, they thought that it would be a good buying decision for them. And that is much more powerful than a brand posting advertising content. So that, that is a great place to start and that is what you need. You need some content up there for people to share in the first place. But like how many times have you seen something on someone's story and thought, okay, I, I'm going to share that. I'm going to share that. Or maybe you've seen something on someone's story and you think, I'm going to buy that. That's definitely been me. So now we've established why creating shareable content is so important. How do we create it? All right. Well, I think the first thing in creating shareable content is that you need to have a strong brand personality. This is like the foundation to your building. But why? Because people don't follow brands. They follow personality. Let me let me rephrase that. People don't share brands. They share personality. Because a brand, a corporation, something about it just has some negative connotations. There's somewhere in history, there's been some stingy guys, some stingy salesperson that's calling you up on the phone, that's knocking on your doors. I don't know, probably in the Middle Ages, it's more like showing up to your house and uh, knocking on the stone. But like, it's people don't follow brands, they follow personality. And when you have personality, you become someone who people know, like, and trust. There you go. That's that quote from Chris Doe again. So I'll give you a, a great example. Thrills Co. from Byron Bay. They're a lifestyle streetwear uh, fashion brand, and they're doing really great things. They started up, I think they've been around for nearly 20 years now. So um, they're in a lot of major retailers and have some of their own stores, but the example I want to turn to from them is from their um, TikTok and Instagram. They they share lots of um, posts introducing their team. They show um, they they tell the team's names. They show the outfits they wear in that day. They tell what department they're working. And this is really interesting to me because this is a side of business we haven't seen before. It's always been. Um, you know, the world's best kept secret. You don't open the doors and look onto the inside of the business. But nowadays you're getting a really good look onto the inside of businesses. And and this is actually a way that they're developing their personality. This is a way that they're developing um, their audience's knowledge about them and their team. And this just builds trust and that transparency. And of course, the part where they're showing their outfits, I mean, that really just ties into their business, their niche. Um, and we'll go into a, a bit more than that later. But an, another thing they're doing is they're featuring guest posts from customers. And, and the thing is with this, it brings authenticity and again, personality. Now that's the buzzword for today. Authent authenticity and personality. So the guest posts, these are people that they um, see that may, maybe they are the employees or maybe they're customers, maybe they're celebrities. If you can get onto celebrities, I mean, fantastic. But I think that's everyone trying to get onto that game at the moment. But I mean, someone who's just who just knows how to fit clothes. We all know that one person. <laughs> but what makes a good personality? I think we need to break this down a bit. 
The first thing I believe that makes a good personality is flaws. Now, we look at films, movie characters. Some of the movie characters we love the most are often the most flawed. We love anti-heroes because in many ways, sometimes exaggerated ways, we can relate to them. Take, for instance, Shrek. Uh, we love him. It's true. Like, who, who doesn't like Shrek? And it, I think it is because of his flaws that we like him. And there's countless other examples in and films um, of anti-heroes that are just adored by their audience. And th- there's a lot more to break down about why we like anti-heroes. Um, being a filmmaker and studying this, it's 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 actually really interesting. So I encourage you to look this up in studying how to create a good character, a good personality. It's actually really interesting to look into how films develop their characters. Um, but, but the basic idea is that we're human, we have flaws, we have faults, and so do these characters. Because the fact is, a dull character is one that's perfect. In any given story, there's always conflict. Imagine a story without conflict. Imagine a story without the climax problems. Like, what is that? That's that's not entertaining. There's That's not even a story. I would argue that's not a story. And, and it's the same with characters. A character has their own story. And without the ups and downs, that is not entertaining. And I think the, and the anti-hero is the epitome of those ups and, well, particularly downs. But the 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 part of the anti-hero I want to focus in on is the fact that they always want to grow. They're trying to grow. And we see that in the character, that they acknowledge their faults, their short fallings. I think that's a word. But look, I'll give you a good example in the industry you're working in. A, a small brand, Mercha Mercha, they're a Melbourne street, a premium streetwear brand. Um, and I, I believe they just started up this year in 2022. Um, but man, they're like popping off, but that, that should be the resolution. I should have left that for the end, but look, I'll tell you the story. They shared on their Instagram, um, some, uh, campaign material for a new drop. I think it was their second drop at the time. And, um, yeah, it was, it was going great building hype. People were ready. They had a date set and it was drawing close to the date and they got the clothes in um, delivered in in the boxes to their um, warehouse or their studio. Um, This is before they uh, sold the the garments. This is before they um, delivered them to the customers. But this is just when the, the garments themselves arrived at their at their place of dwelling. And the thing is, the guys at Mercha Mercha were not happy with what they found in the boxes. For whatever reason, there was something wrong, or maybe the sizing was incorrect, maybe the material. They pride themselves on quality, and they believe what was in the box was not to that standard. And see, in that situation, I believe they definitely could have. They definitely had the option to just send them the stuff out anyway the deadline was getting closer they know they were risking something because it was either to miss the deadline of this drop a a date that was promised to their audience 
and to not fulfill on quality. Maybe you could sort out a few issues here and there and it'll be, you know, yeah, smoothed out enough. You know, they're a new brand, they can get it wrong. But they actually decided to come clean. They put out uh, a post out to their audience to say, hey, guys, we got it wrong. Or the manufacturer got it wrong, but we're going to make this right. The quality of the garments in these boxes is not to the standard we have promised. And we pride ourselves on quality over the times that we promise. And so what they actually did is is they um, they had to move um, forward the time of the release of this clothing drop. At face value, you're thinking, whoa, that is brave. And they're, they've just started their brand. They're about to lose their audience. But it was really interesting to me. I appreciated that post and their audience did as well. Their response in the comments was really just fantastic. Everyone backed their brand. Everyone was okay with it. They were forgiving. And this is because Mertra Mertra held um, this standard of transparency and, and, and they were honest. And people love honesty. They acknowledged their flaws and people liked that. And I really think that they earned some loyal customers that day because in the face of of trials they stood up against them we care about our customers what's going to be best for them and sometimes that can come across as ingenuine but i think they really did a fantastic job at doing that they sold out that drop and so i'm really glad about that now the next thing that makes a great and strong brand personality is opinions now, that is a bit of a pro provocative opinion in and itself. But let me tell you a story. So Nike in 2018 created this campaign with Colin Kaepernick, an NFL player. And this is in the United States. And Colin Kaepernick chose to kneel during the national anthem of an NFL game to call attention to the issues of racism and pre um, sorry and police brutality in America. This is another quite bold statement. I think a lot of people hold a lot of pride in the American flag. It's, you know, people have it hung outside their house. People stand and 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 many people there were immigrants, there there were they moved to this country, they sacrificed a lot to get to this country. Maybe they were born and raised here. Maybe they were uh, in military. And and so this got a lot of backlash in in many ways, but it was very split. It was very split. Some people were in support and total support and others were, yeah, they were not happy about it at all. They thought this is dishonoring our country. There was no fence sitters. With a topic like this, it's a straight split down the middle and it is a brutal one at that. But Nike thought for their... 30th anniversary of the Just Do It campaign. Let's take this head on. Where do we stand on this issue? And they created this campaign and it says, believe in something even if it means sacrificing anything. Now, this is a campaign for clothes as much as 
it is as much as it is a great quote to do with exactly what we're talking about that it's important as a brand to believe in something even if it means sacrificing anything because again this comes back to um what makes an interesting character and the thing is people don't respond to characters that sit on the fence sit in the middle that aren't provocative because people it sparks discussion when you say things that are maybe a bit controversial maybe a lot controversial many times on social media or on instagram posts i will often say things that are quite uh extreme now nothing that's going to nothing that's risky as such but but things just about popular opinions. This is Apple versus Android. Why Apple is the best technology company. Uh, things like this. Things that get people talking. Now, this also contributes to engagement. Because, you know, if you start a discussion, someone might share that that is absolutely in support of it. They're going to share that over something they're just sitting on the fence on or not so supportive of. And, and this starts discussion. Comments, is that's engagement. Back to the, the Nike campaign. The, this video went, this campaign went viral all over the internet. News sites were um, taking a stance on it. Um, they, were, they were covering the story. And look, the, the crazy thing is that many um, images and videos were posted of people burning Nike shoes. Now... On, at face value, that doesn't sound like a very successful campaign. Yet, Nike chose to took a risk. That's brave. We can appreciate that. But that doesn't sound like a very good outcome to that risk. When they're a company, at the end of the day, what, they're trying to um, increase income. Like, what has come of that? But here is the resolution of the story. The campaign went viral and of course, income increased by 10% to eight eight $847 million. Now that is a success story if I've ever heard it. When you get campaigns that are not increasing income by nearly that much, that is an exponential amount of increase. And, and so, and, and this is the effect of creating something that sparks discussion. It goes viral. People take a side. People take a stance. When your brand takes a stance, it encourages others. And you might lose some followers. You might find a few burnt shoes on your social media. But when done the right way and chosen the right topic, and at the, at the right time, you know, it just might increase your income by 10%. Who knows? Another great example is um, a very recent example or a very current example. And this is the court case between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Now, you know, the brand Dyer is keeping Johnny Depp on despite all the controversy um, that's going on because I think I think Johnny Depp's work with um, Dyer for quite a long time. They've endorsed Johnny Depp's brand and they created a fragrance around him and and they're still posting out these ad campaigns in the midst of this 
internationally known um, event, this internationally known situation that's going on. Many companies have chosen not to be a part of the controversy. They have chosen to distance them th- themselves from Johnny Depp. And, you know, um, for some, that's a fair enough decision. But the fact that Dyer has done this has seen a lot of publicity in itself. Uh, they haven't released any information like this that I know, but I'd be interested to see um how their profits have been since um, this this case, um, because people that also take a side in 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 the court case, you know, they're gonna go out and and want to support Johnny in all this, and they're gonna want to go out and buy the frank fragrance. Um, so I think that's just a fantastic example, and I think Dyer has got it right. They are. They are very smart. They're very smart. They've made a smart decision, I think. I hope it's working out well for them. (laughs) Okay. Well, the last thing in what makes a good personality is engagement. We are beings of communication. We communicate with each other and we need that to survive. And when I say engagement, I mean really with your audience. Some of the worst experience I've had with customer engagement are in automations because we all know nothing is worse than sitting on the phone with Telstra, being passed from person to person, just taking up hours of your time and listening to that horrible, horrible elevator music. And it doesn't even sound good. It's like the worst recording coming through your speakers. It's just such an unpleasant experience. And every time it just makes you want to find someone who can do it better. And the fact is when it's such a competitive environment in clothing, your customers will. And if you don't meet their engagement and customer um, and customer engagement expectations, they will go out and find someone else. I believe it is a big contributor to brand loyalty. Customers desire real people on messages and comments. And greater engagement with your audience is greater engagement with you. Now, what I mean by that is that you show them how it's done when you engage with them. They see that you're a real person. There's no need to be a a big entity, something you're not. At the start of my business, I used we and ours, you know, making it seem like I had a big team around me. But I have changed that to I, me, my, and that's because I don't. Do I even have a desire to? I don't think I do. I want to be a soloist videographer at this point in time anyway. And having that I, me, my creates... um, first of all, a transparency, but I'm not fooling anyone either way. They know what's going on and they appreciate when they are let into what's going on. So this comes back to not being the world's best kept secret. This is an ancient business model. You need to be transparent about what's going on in the inside and willing to speak with customers directly. Is this Instagram DMs? Is this answering comments? They love the engagement and they will become more loyal to your brand because of it. Okay, so now we know what, what the importance of creating shareable content. We know one of the ways of actually creating that shareable content. We know how what makes a 
good brand personality. Now we ask the question, how do I develop my brand personality? Now, the big one, the biggest one, number one on this list is to tell your story. Now, this can be through video, through social media, through a podcast like this. So in nature of all this, I'd like to tell my story to you today. To start from the beginning, I'm Elijah. I was born with that name. I'm Elijah Delport. And from a young age, I have pursued video. I would make short films with my neighborhood friends on the street, some of them that didn't turn out so well, but it was a fun time nonetheless. The other thing I always liked to do from a really young age was business. I'd have different businesses. The first of which that I can remember is I would sell stickers. Now, I think these were $1 a pop and I'd draw these little characters and, and, and sort of like a lineup of like a superhero team and each character would have their own sticker. And um, I think I had like some stretchy man and some supercar and, and, and they were really cool. They were really cool. And, and I'd sell these and, um, and, I sold them because I wanted to buy an iPod at the time. Um, I think it was an iPod Touch or maybe just one of the first iPods. Um, but I was I was so happy with myself when I finally bought that. And I, I think the love of, of business and, and just being wise with money came from a story even earlier than that, which was... Um, I went to the shops and I'd always go I into the toy section and, 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 and view, you know, what toys I might want, see what I can, um, you know, do with them, see how much they cost. And it was always, you know, it was, it was a lot for me at the time, $5, $10 and toys are expensive. They can be as much as $30, $50. And so anyway, one day I asked my mom, oh, can I have this toy? And she said, you know what, if you're good in this shop, you can have this toy. And so I, I was good. I was very good. I was well behaved and I didn't complain at all. <laughs> and she got me the toy. Um, and I think, it, I think it was a Nerf gun. I think it was a Nerf gun, which is just like a, just like a toy gun, you know? And anyway, I went home, I was, you know, playing with it. And I think the same day it broke and I was devastated. I was absolutely devastated. My favorite new toy had just broke. Now, I don't know how long I would have played with that or how valuable it was really to me. But the fact that a bloke broke flicked something in my head, a, a switch flicked in my head. And ever since then, I have wanted to be wise with money. I have never bought something so cheap again and I I really value the quality of a product and I'm willing to spend that extra money to um to to buy that value and I, I've had that since then. So on that six years ago I bought my first DSLR. It was it was very exciting. I think it was a Canon 1100D at the time, which is a photo, which is like a photo camera. And that's what I started doing. I started taking photos and I'd take photos of, of all different types of things. Just when we'd out and about, I'd take it everywhere. It was an extension of my arm. And so I'd take it, you know, we'd go hiking and adventuring. We'd go out to our grandparents um, for a few days and 
take pictures of their property and, and some animals and trees and just pretty things I saw. And I, I think I started to get pretty good at it, you know, a year in, two years. It, I think it, it took me maybe three or four years to, to get my feet, but I, I had already been doing some stuff for a while. So nine years today, I've been um, making videos and um, just doing things with the camera. But I bought my first official DSLR um, six years ago. And so, um, it, and then at one point I felt I had enough skills and I, I launched out into creating videos commercially or for money. Um, and so I did a few weddings here and there, just friends and family. And then, um, yeah, from, from there, as, as I continue to grow my skills and, and grow my gear, um, I, I did some more work for some businesses then and, and I, I started to find my feet and, and, and after I'd done a, a, quite a few videos, I, I thought, okay, what, what do I actually want to do with this? And so, and so what, I, what I decided is I, I, I really liked fashion as well. I really like fashion. So what I decided is to, to pick my niche, to pick my niche. And that has become what Wink Films is today is um, video for streetwear fashion brands. And so this has been a long time coming, um, probably about four years creating videos commercially now and nine years um, just creating videos in general. Um, and um, yeah, I, I love what I do and I hope to grow this one day to something bigger than it is um, now. So yeah, that is my story. <laughs> now to move on to the second point about how to create shareable content I'd like to talk to you about providing value. Now, we all know it's an important thing. I think you've probably seen something at one time or another about providing value. But I think a lot of brand owners struggle to provide value to their audience. Now, that may be because of the type of product you are selling. Um, you're selling clothes. You know, it's it's a want, not a need. And it's also, there's no inherent value to it, really. Like, it's it's fabric, but it doesn't help business. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't do a lot of things, but it also does do a lot of things. And one of those things is um, ego and status that it provides to a person. But that's that's something else. But on the topic of value, have you ever considered what are my customers' pain points? Now, I think about this and it's different from me to you, but I think many of your customers struggle to style their clothes. And so thinking about this pain point of mine and many others of your customers, you can see how you can provide them with value. Show your customers how to create a specific look. I think I, I, I've definitely seen on, um, I think, Instagram, uh, there's certain pages that are posting how to get these 90s looks. And they share, they, they have a, a T-shirt or some pants from their um, collection or maybe a previous collection. And they just, that's that's all they do. They just show um, how to get a specific look. And and that stuff does really well on social media as well. It's, 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 it's doing really great things right now. 
invite guests onto your Instagram once a week. Now, these this could be people that you... This could be celebrities if you can get onto them. This could also be um, just... Yeah, it could be loyal customers, people from your audience, or people that you think that are in your world. They just have great outfits. Now, I, I know we all know at least one person like that. This is also a fantastic way to benefit off another person's audience and a similar audience at that. If you invite someone onto your Instagram page to share their outfit, then they're, they're most likely going to be of a similar audience. You're looking for people that are interested in clothes, interested in supporting local business, interested in, in buying quality over quantity, uh, pay more for less. And so this is a fantastic way and just one of the ways you can provide some value to your audience. Think about the your customers' pain points. What do they struggle with? The last thing in, in creating shareable content is to appeal to their emotions. So I'll give you an example just to start on this. A campaign by Champion called Dare to Be Champion. They shared stories of artists, athletes, dancers, all types of people. And, and, and this was something that was interesting and intriguing. They were wearing that clothes, but it wasn't focused on the clothes. It was focused on the story of the person. It felt genuine. It felt honest. And it was something that I was interested in. I was interested to know the life story of the um, the the artist and, and or, or the dancer, how they've gotten to the point where they are now. They told a story. They added conflict. What are the struggles that they had? Now, what Champion has done here is, is they've created a campaign around um, a series of very cinematic interviews. Ask yourself, what is your audience interested in? What are their hobbies? What is my audience interested in hearing about? What type of people do they want to see on your page? What type of people do they follow? Find those people, reach out to them. And, and, and this, this can become campaign material. If you're releasing a new drop of clothes then and you feature a series of interviews or maybe a series of interviews with one person and they're very cinematic videos and um, they just look fantastic on camera. This is fantastic because people share stories. People share stories and they have since the beginning of time. Now in the age of social media, it is no different. When you share stories, interviews of other people, your brand becomes more than a pretty design. It becomes a belief system, an idea, a club. And the fact is brands that are just a pretty design will, will not survive today because followers come to, to an idea. They come to a belief system. It, it, they when, when, when your customer relates or identifies with the particular beliefs or values that you uphold in the, in everything you do, in your content, in your messaging, in the way you address them, they become interested and, and loyal to your brand. So this is the importance of appealing to their emotions and, and creating something that's more than just a pretty design, creating a story, and that is a belief system, an idea, a club. 
There's some good ideas there for you uh, if, if you're looking for brand and like campaign content. So that all said, how do I reach these people? How do I reach out to people that I'd like to interview or, um, yeah, to people I'd like to interview for these types of things? Um, human interests, interests of my audience. Well, the best way that I've found is to not send emails, not send emails. Emails get a bit muddy. It's quite a, you know, if, if someone's had an email for a year or so, by that stage, they, they stop checking every single one because it gets there's a bit of spam in there. You know, maybe someone is just a bit tired and, and wants to get, you know, a sign up to a page over and done with and they just, you know, put in the first email that comes to mind. That's when you just get in the spam in and, and it gets really quite muddy. Your email will get lost in the midst of all um, the other noise and I'm, I'm sure you know this okay so I, I think everyone at some stage or another has needed to send an email to someone reach out somewhere and it's just no response it's probably maybe it was read but no response people are very time poor and so the best way I've found is sending voice messages via Instagram now, this has re- worked really well for me. Reaching out to people through this podcast is is a, a weekly task that I go and I, I call upon people that I think um, that my audience, you guys, will be interested in hearing about. And and emails, emails just don't work. They don't work. So the thing is with um, Instagram uh, voice messages is you can't import voice uh, audio files, at least not that I know of. And so you have to record a new audio file. You have to record a new um, piece of audio every time you want to reach out to someone. And the thing is with that is that it's personal because you're doing something over again. It's not copy and paste. You can't. And so I encourage you, there's a one minute limit. Use only one minute. Don't send more than a single voice message. And look, chances are someone's going to listen to it because they're intrigued. If they see a block of text, it looks like spam. And how much do people that uh, people get of that? You know, that stuff you get in your DMs about um, buying followers and um, someone wanting to be your friend. Like it's... <laughs> but they're not real. It's just like a robot or something. So this is a great personal way. And and, and the thing is about reaching out, it's, it's important to make it, it personal and that that person sees and notices the effort. You could make effort, but they need to know about it. Another thing, hand write a letter. I've done this before. I've handwritten a letter and I've taken a photo of it and sent that photo into the Instagram DMs. Or even better, deliver it. Now, of of course, there's that delay um, of time between um, delivering it and getting a response. But it is another great way to do that. Don't send emails. I can't stress this enough. This is a very provocative and opinionated view, but that goes back to the point earlier. And this is the stance that I have that don't not to send emails. Okay, this has been such a great... um, thing today and I I hope I've shared something that you feel that has provided you with some value. Just to recap, people buy things from those they know, like and trust. And who do people know, like and trust? More than anyone, it's their friends. 
The first key to shareable content is to create a strong brand personality. Embrace your flaws, have opinions, and engage with your audience. The second key is to provide value. Have you considered what are your customers' pain points? Think about that and ask yourself that question every day. The third key is to appeal to their emotions. Again, ask yourself, what is my audience interested in? Reach out and and create something that is interesting to them, very personal to them. I'm so glad you could join me today for today's podcast and I really enjoyed this tutorial. If you like these types of tutorials and want to see or hear more of them, please just let me know. You can send me an email via hello at winkfilms.com. If you are a streetwear fashion brand, want to increase your income and need video marketing content or strategy, reach me via Instagram at wink.films. You can get a lot of my free resources there. There's also free resources on my website, www.winkfilms.com. Or you can send me an email at hello at winkfilms.com. I do video production. I create brand. I, I create video strategy and sales funnels for brands just like yours. Thank you so much again for joining me today. I will let you know that this podcast is now released every Monday at 7 a.m. So I am looking forward to seeing you again next week. Bye now. Bye now.